welcome to I'm Coming Over Podcast. Great introduction, Kim. <laughs> I told Thanks. her it was up to her to start it this week. Well, she told me to change it. I love what you came up with. Yeah, I ultimately think that my true colors showed just there. Kim's goofy. Stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Just getting started on this week's episode, we want to do a little weekly update. Yeah. I don't know if you guys care about our weeks, but here you are. I think people do. I think people do. So how was your week, Kim? Um, I, what did I do? Weston has an ear infection. Went to the pediatrician today. Um, she basically told me that it's like really, really bad. And... I I mean, like, I don't know how you can tell it's really, really bad if, like, pussing comes out or something. Gross. I don't, I just don't <laughs> know. I used to get ear infections all the time as a kid, but it's not like I remember. I, I know. I haven't, I don't have any ear, at least unless I might have had one when I was a baby, but I have no ear infections, yeah. no strep throat. Yeah. Nothing, like, weird like that I can remember. No sinus infections. It's crazy. I know. I had strep last week. And it is going around. Yeah. Kate did not get it. And we're with each other every second of the day. Not anymore because hashtag she moved. But I'm actually in her new house right now. And it's dope. I really like it. But yeah. I still <laughs> I miss coming over to your house. But it's fine. That's my update. I moved. Yeah. Like 20 minutes from Kim. said your own update. <laughs> kind of sad. Yeah. No, it was really sad. I was really sad. But I think... Just this community coming out here, it's not that far away, but the community out here, it's like it seems very country that you like. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a there's girl. a ton of shops here anyways. So it's like our, where we lived before, you lived before, I should say, plus country. I feel like it's the best of both worlds for you. Yeah. I do like how I look out my window and I can see the mountains at the other oh, place. Yeah. You look out and you see other condos, which yeah. kind of got to me sometimes. It got really? me down. <laughs> well, you're you are faced towards like other the, the the street, the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. And I was faced. I'm faced towards. So Kim can see the little park outside her window. Me, I just saw brick buildings, and I'm yeah. not like that. Yeah. So now I look out my window and I can see the blue sky and the mountains and a it's field. so pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I'm excited to come here more often with Wes because. You know, Wes and Benson are besties, but besties that get each other sicky. Yeah, they're, they're both sick right now. And it's probably because they have the same brand of binkies and yeah, they, they like just, to swap binkies. Yeah. I we wanna, try to keep yeah. them apart, but man, it's hard. Yeah. And you know, like when you were moving, it was hard because you couldn't keep track of like anything. So... And it's my house hard. was chaos, so well, yeah, my binkies were very yours. Were, they were sharing binkies last week, so that's why they're both sick, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, infertility. Um, and I personally never had infertility, but Kate has. Um, I mean... I, I am I, infertile. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what was – how did you find out that you were infertile? So I guess I'll kind of start from the beginning. So 
Nate and I got married, and I feel like most people in our community, like religion, culture, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true for everyone. It's probably not. But I feel like most of my friends are like, yeah, we'll be married a year, and then we're going to start trying. Yeah. That's like what my friends did, and that's like everyone I knew. So a year after getting married to Nate, I was like, Kate, I want to start trying. Nate wasn't quite ready at that point, mm. but I totally was. And I was not a big fan of birth control. I just yeah. felt like it made me a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I was wanting to come off of it anyway. So we did that. I came off birth control and I was like, I'm going to get pregnant in a month. <laughs> like some people do. Did Lucky. you really think that when you were Yeah, first like the married? first month that I came off birth control, I thought I was pregnant. <laughs> I think really? everyone does. Like yeah. you talk yourself into yeah. it. Because I really want a baby. Yeah. Looking back now. That would have been crazy to have a baby at that point. But how old were you when you got married to me? I was 22. Okay. But we were still in college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a baby in college, like I know a lot of women do it, but wow. Yeah. That would be a lot of work. <laughs> I was pregnant during that time and it, it, I can't imagine you keep going. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's crazy. So we came off birth control a year after we got married and that whole next year, I just was kind of hoping, but we weren't like, we were trying, but it's mm-hmm. not like I was tracking ovulation or anything. I was just hoping that it would happen. Yeah. I was nannying that summer. So that was kind of hard because I was just with a bunch of babies and I yeah. just really wanted one of my own. Didn't happen that year. Um, so then, so like one year we graduated college and we moved to Haley, Idaho, which is kind of out in the mountains out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and out there um at that point it'd been like a year and a half probably going on two years and I was really like that was when I was really starting to get down but mm-hmm. I also and that's when I started like trying to track ovulation but out there there aren't any fertility doctors there's hardly even any OBGYNs it's really? a little tiny ski town and so I just didn't feel like I had the resources to figure it out and yeah. that kind of freaked me out. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, Nate, let's move because I want to have a baby and it's not happening here. And there's no, like, I feel like I had no resources. Like, it was really hard. But then one day my mom was like, just come to Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls is two hours from where I was. Mm. That's my hometown. And there's, my sister actually went through infertility too. And there's a doctor there that she went to. Gosh. And so, like, I knew there was good resources there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of the start of it all. We, um, had a FaceTime call with the doctor in Idaho Falls and she she was really awesome. She was really just like jumped to things. The thing that scared me when I talked to her was like, why don't you just do IVF? And at that point I had had like hardly any testing. Yeah. I had had a little bit of testing, like my ovulation was normal. Um my like periods were normal. My blood work looked normal. Oh wow. Because I did all that in Haley where they just because they could just do blood work and gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. Um, and it was sent over to the other. Yeah, they sent it doctor. to her. Okay. And she was like, you know, we need to do like these two other tests. But besides that, like, we can't really tell you anything until we do these two tests. Yeah. And when you said that your sister had infertility, you, is it like something that runs in your family or? Well, my sister has endometriosis. And so that's why she struggle with infertility because it kind of ruined her eggs okay and they actually had to take out one of her ovaries when she was a teenager because of the endometriosis so when I went to my doctor 
I told her that my sister had had endometriosis and mm. I told her that I had pretty painful periods and she kind of just jumped to like, I bet you have endometriosis, mm. but obviously we can't be sure until you do, you have to do like a surgery, exploratory surgery to discover endometriosis. Yeah. So they can't just say yeah. you have it. And I was at that point, not really caring about that. I just wanted to have a baby. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, let's not worry about that right now. So I went into Idle Falls and they did a couple tests they did one where they just look at like your uterus and the mm. first thing they noticed is that I had polyps and so that's like an issue because the baby can't implant gotcha. you have polyps in your uterus because it's not like a smooth surface oh it's like bumpy. that's interesting and those can be removed which is what they first suggested and then the next test they did I don't even remember the name of it so I was kind of down about like the polyps was like okay well that could be like the issue yeah like we've been trying but like yeah it just can't implant so then I did this next test where they put dye up through your fallopian tubes to make sure your fallopian tubes are open. Mm. And at that test, my doctor told me that both my fallopian tubes were closed. Oh. And okay. so to me, that was like a really, that was a hard moment because that was like, you have to do IVF. There isn't another option mm. for you because they have to completely bypass the fallopian tubes make the embryo and just put it straight into the uterus gotcha because my flipping tubes don't work so how did you have a period if that i mean like not to get super technical but like that just doesn't make sense to me how um because you're because you like your egg doesn't release so the egg releases i think it gets probably just stuck in the flipping tube but then a period is just your uterine lining yeah yeah so oh i guess i'm thinking of ovulation i don't really know yeah and that's odd i've never really thought about that because i took ovulation tests and it like showed that i was ovulating so i think mm. the egg was like dropping but it like couldn't the sperm couldn't make it up to the egg god i don't even know what happens <laughs> probably should no, watch it yeah. <laughs> like the egg is up there but the sperm can't get up to the egg gotcha so i still okay. was like having i have eggs you know yeah yeah so that was really hard moment just realizing that this is my only choice yeah like it's not gonna happen naturally for me um at that point i kind of thought well what if i do have like a surgery to see why my fallopian tubes are closed Mm -hmm. but my doctor was like if you want to have a baby let's just do ivf yeah (laughs) which honestly that's your end goal anyways and i think ivf is really scary like, if most people hear that, they're like, wow, that's really scary. And it was really scary to me. But because my sister had done IVF, I was more okay with the thought of it. Because I watched yeah. her. Obviously, it was really hard to watch her go through it. But it felt like I had someone who knew what it would be like to help me through it. So, we kind of, like, with my doctor, we decided that was going to be the option. Mm-hmm. Um and I had to just have a surgery to get the polyps removed. Gotcha. So that was actually that surgery. I don't know if anyone on here has had that surgery. They like, have to go under for that. Oh. And it hurts general. for like a day after. It's not too bad, but it is like a surgery. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Did they think it would help the implantation or? Yeah. They like pretty much like we have to clear all these out for you gotcha. to there would be no point doing IVF if we don't okay. clean, clean this out. Okay. So they did that in like January. And then I decided just with like my schedule thing that I wanted to do IVF in May. And the cool thing about IVF, I don't know if anyone knows this, but like you could go to your doctor. They decide you want to do IVF. You could be doing it in like two weeks. 
like oh, a wow. quick thing, but I just kind of wanted to wait. I had a vacation. I wanted to come back and then do IVF. Okay. And that <laughs> in of itself is a whole process. Yeah. Um, What's the difference between IVF and IUI? So IUI is, is where they're just – obviously, I don't know as much about IUIs because I never did one. But essentially, I think they're just taking the sperm and just putting it up into you so okay. that it can meet the egg. Oh. And more, they, like, plan it. They give right. you, like, medicine to help you ovulate right on time. Gotcha. And so for me, that just wasn't going to work because – Right, because nothing was going in anyways. Yeah. So and that was – at I the time, that was, like, hard because IUIs are cheaper – and I was like, oh, I can't even try that. And they're less invasive, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in the end, that to me became like a blessing in disguise because I didn't have to have those fail. Yeah. I know so many women who do like three IUIs and then they have to do IVF, IVF. And that's just like three more heartbreaks. Yeah. Three more like huge bills. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, like just jumping to IVF for me at least was kind of a blessing, I think. Because it just yeah. like got it going. It felt kind of quick. Yeah. It didn't feel like obviously I had already been trying for two years. And at that point, it was like almost three years when we started IVF. Mm-hmm. But it kind of worked out for us, the timeline. Yeah. And it felt quick to yeah. me, at least. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, did you. How many eggs did you, I guess, what's the word? Harvest? Is that a good word? I yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> That's so. kind of weird to say. Um, but like they have to gather your eggs, obviously. Um, and how many did they get? How many did you want? Yeah, so I like went Tidal Falls and I actually live with my sister for like a week while they do this process. Mm. They start giving you a bunch of shots and you're you get really bloated and they go oh. in like every two days and they look at all your follicles and they get huge. Like, they show you what they look like before, but then they get massive. And you have a lot of follicles. I think we got 21 eggs. Oh, my gosh. So that's, like, another thing where they put you under and they go in and they get all the eggs. Gotcha. And I think for me, 21 – I think it was 21 or 27. I should have written this all down, but that felt like a really good number. Yeah. Like, yeah, it felt high and it felt like that was going to be good. And we were really hopeful after we did our egg retrieval. Um, and then after that, they call you like five days later and they tell you how many embryos you have. I remember that was like really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for that call because you just don't know. So many people will do that and it just, they don't get any embryos. Oh, so so they call us five days later and we had six embryos and that was super exciting. Oh, yeah. And then the girl told me there's four more that could make it, might not. And then... The next day, she called me and said that all four of them made it. So, we had 10 embryos. Oh, my gosh. And to me, that was – I remember we were at this sandwich shop in Haley <laughs> in Idaho where yeah. we lived. And I'm just like, Nate, you ready to make a bunch of babies? Because I had just gotten the phone call. <laughs> and he was like, shh, like people are he, – like this guy looked at us really <laughs> weird. But I was just so excited. I didn't even care. Oh, little did they know. Little did they know what we had been through. Yeah, seriously. Um, did you how, – like how many transfers did you do before you got Benson to actually work and have it? Yeah. Make a real baby. Yeah. So after we got those, um, 
I have this feeling that I wanted to check to make sure that um, my polyps hadn't grown back. Mm. And so I think they went in and they checked and it was like, okay, at that point. So then we did a transfer in June. So we did it in IVF, the first retrieval in May. And then by June, it was like the end of June, we were going in for a transfer, which is where they take the embryo. And that's technically like when the baby is an implant. They implant it. That's IVF. They implant it and then two weeks, the wait, and then you check and you see if you're pregnant, right? Yeah. They call it an FET or fetal embryo transfer. Gotcha. And I just called it transfer. Like that was my first transfer. Yeah. I was so excited, so nervous. There was a decision to be made whether we wanted to put in two since we had so many to do two or one. Did you know the genders? We did not. So you can do genetic testing, but we just, just didn't feel like we needed to. It was more money, and our doctor said because I was young, it was not necessary. Yeah. And I didn't have a history of miscarriage. So yeah. she was like, you can, but you'll probably be fine. So we didn't, and we didn't really want to know the genders anyway. Yeah. Um, so we just decided to put one in the first time, and so we drove back to Idaho Falls. There's a lot of drives. Oh, so yeah, two hours. Two-hour drives. I remember Ooh, a few times. Wow. Because I had to ask for work up. I was working full time at this time. So that was really hard. And a few times I had to drive two hours there and back just for a blood draw. Because in Haley, Idaho, they do not have like same day results for blood draws. And a lot of times I needed same day results. Okay. And so. That's crazy. It was crazy. I drove to Idaho Falls so many times. But that drive is kind of special to me now. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. As silly as that sounds, like it just kind of, I would listen to podcasts. It was my time to just, like, think and chill mm-hmm. and reflect on what I was doing. Anyway, so we went in for our transfer in June, and you have to wait. This, honestly, to me, everyone probably has a different opinion, but this was the hardest part of IVF for me because they put this little embryo. This is the cool part, but after waiting, after they put that little embryo in you, and you're just like, now I have to wait, like, 10 days yeah you think i should now wait you're so miserable you're in your head like i've never had so much anxiety never felt so stressed they call it princess days two days after you do the transfer Mm -hmm. they're like don't move a muscle lay in bed so i mean i know i get why they do that but it also made me super anxious i was like if i move wrong this baby's falling out and i'm not gonna be pregnant Mm -hmm. like that is honestly how i felt no, that's a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I and you're, like, just so on your anxious. phone time, like, looking at social media. That's not, like, healthy. And then you're looking on Google. Yeah, and you're Googling like, What do you everything. do when you wait? And I was oh – I had gosh. to be at my mom's house because – and so that was stressful, like, being with all my family and then just, like, knowing what I had just done, hoping it works. But, like – Yeah, they're like, how are you doing? Um, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> it truly was not okay. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was very emotional. Yeah, and a lot of I mean, women will test early, but they tell you not to because they're like, it could be wrong. If you test early, it could be a false negative. It could, you could actually be pregnant. Yeah. So I chose not to test that week. I just tried to stay busy. Yeah. Um, And then the day before we were going to go to Idle Falls for the blood draw, I decided to test. And I, like, had my little pregnancy test, and it was negative. 
like let me just tell you it was negative i was so anxious i convinced myself that that thing was positive really and this like almost makes me cry oh. because i was like Nate, it's yeah. positive like there was no line there like i probably was actually crazy in my head I've been there, there really wasn't but like i looked at that thing i was holding it up to the window and i was like trying to convince myself that it was positive because you wanted it so bad wanted it so bad and it was negative um so the next day we went to idle falls and i took another test that morning hoping it would be like darker Mm -hmm. with my one that was positive but was not positive yeah Yeah. and it was not like it was like a full-on i did one of the um electronic ones that say Um, like not pregnant yeah and i did that in like a bagel shop in idle falls so i like went into the bathroom i was that was a day oh, <laughs> i was gosh, crying yeah. so hard I and then i i went in to get my blood draw and i didn't want to like tell the nurses they're like did you test i was like no yeah lying through my teeth yeah um so that was honestly one of the hardest days of my life because it came out negative right yeah, that like, was, negative. was negative getting like the phone call from the nurse you feel bad for them like who wants to give that news to someone yeah but then who also wants to get that news from yeah like they just confirm it they call you so late that day i feel like the negative ones they call you late because they don't nobody wants to make that call yeah she called me like 4 p.m and was like it's negative and i was like yeah i know and i pretty much just cried the rest of the day yeah i would too i would too and so then you later on probably what was it like two months three months you did it again yeah, and so Nate was just like, let's just be hopeful. Like, we have yeah. so many embryos, it's going to be okay. And so I had another call with my doctor, and she said, like, let's do it. And at that point, I had a really strong feeling. I was like, I want to do the test again to make sure that the polyps haven't grown back. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So I went back in, and they were like, oh, wow. They had grown back, like, really fast, and it was, like, oh. really bad. Yeah. They were all over. So I was really grateful that I, like, listened to my instincts and yeah. asked to have that because they probably wouldn't have if I had it. And so I had to wait a little longer. Like, I would have wanted to do it in August. But in August, I did the surgery to have the polyps removed. And then in September, okay. That's we did another transfer. transfer. Yeah, and that time you did two embryos. Yeah, we decided to put two in, which was scary. Yeah, because that's potential twins. And potential, it could like, off. quadruplets. Yeah. They tell you that. They're like, split. you could have quadruplets, just so you know, or triplets. Oh. And obviously, like, at that point, we're just like, we'll take whatever, whatever. we can get. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just wanted to be a mom so bad. So, in September, we did. And I haven't even mentioned all the shots you have to take. <laughs> Anyone who does IVF, like, knows that those are really hard. Um, it's funny because when you're doing the retrieval, you're taking these like little belly shots. Uh-huh. They're like smaller needles. Yeah. But when you're doing a transfer, you're taking like these massive, they call them progesterone and oil, these massive shots in your butt. Oof. And they make like these welts in your butt. Oh. And you have to like massage them. Oh my gosh. And I will say though, I had a really good support system because I didn't give myself a single shot. <laughs> my sister oh, and so my brother nice. gave me all my shots. And it was, you know, I'm grateful I had a larger butt. 
I always, I, this is a joke, but I'm like, girls who have like tiny butts and have to do IVF because there's not much real estate there. Right. You have to have right. a shot every day for 10 weeks. Oh my gosh. And they, it's like oil going into your butt and then it like oh. solidifies. So oh I was grateful gosh. I had a little bit of real estate to work with. <laughs> so grateful for that. Because anyway, honestly, I know those hurt, but like they did not hurt as bad as, as bad. I thought they would. Yeah. They were just got really annoying. Like you couldn't walk very good because it just was sore. I believe it. Anyway, so we did our transfer in September. And literally, I did our transfer. This time, I decided to come home afterwards. Like yeah. We did the transfer, and we drove back to Haley. I didn't tell anyone in my family I was doing it. It oh. just was too much. Like, it was too right. much to, like, feel like right. I was letting – and not that I was letting them down, but, like, having to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't work, then – yeah, like I didn't want to tell everyone again that it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. So we did it without telling anyone. We drove home. The whole way home, I was like, Nate, if you hit a single pothole, <laughs> even you. though it doesn't really matter. I hope I'm not making you anxious if you're doing IVF. Like my doctor was like, you will be fine. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Just enjoy your drive home. Yeah. Totally. She said that there's women who come from Utah and drive home the same day. So it just like yeah. it was fine from Idaho Falls, right? Yeah. It's oh just the gosh. anxiety. The anxiety yeah. is through yeah. the roof. Yeah, and I just prayed, prayed, prayed that it would be work. It would work. Um, so we did our transfer on like a Thursday, and then I went to lunch with Nate. Actually, I think we did our transfer on a Friday. I went to lunch with Nate on Monday. Just together, we went to lunch between work, and we went to lunch. And I came out and I threw up in the parking lot. And really? I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it was like, so weird. It came out of nowhere. But yeah. I have never been so bummed to throw up. Oh, I bet. I, like, I bet. <laughs> You're like, every time I'm going to just say, yes. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> You're like, And then oh, the fire. next day I threw up. And I was like, this is, I wasn't going to test, but I was like, this has got to be it. Yeah. The next day I threw up and I was like, I'm taking a test. Yeah. I didn't tell Nate. <laughs> I came home during lunch and From I took work. a test. Yeah. Didn't tell anyone. I was shaking. And I can't even describe, like, I'm sure everyone knows, like, that feeling when you get a positive pregnancy test, but, like, yeah. a little bit elevated because you waited so long and it was oh, so yeah. hard. I cried so hard. Oh, I just got the chills. It was the best day the ever. <laughs> I bet. Oh, my gosh. It really and it was just a long journey. And it was a long journey being pregnant because there's still oh, all yeah. that anxiety after, like, doing all of all of the IVF. It's so much there. uncertainty. Yeah. You just want to hold your baby. Yeah. That's all you want. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And so then you had Benson. It turned Beautiful out to just be boy. one baby. And he... Yeah, so just one, the other one. <laughs> one, just one implanted, um, and so we just had one little baby boy. He's so stinking cute. Yeah, he's a he's such a sweet little boy. I love him so much. I'm so <laughs> glad that you have him. Um, so that's kind of like your rest of your story about that, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like a lot of women will say, like on social media, like. Just because you have one baby doesn't mean you're not still infertile. Because yeah. every child you want to bring into your family afterwards, like, that's a whole nother. You're opening the can of worms again. Yeah. Like, right now, I feel like I can sit here and say I'm fine. And that, you know, I have my baby. Yeah. It's all good. And I yeah. truly feel that way. I feel like 
the pain of IVF, I don't feel it as much right now. Yeah. But the thought of having to open that up again and like it's scary. be open to being hurt again and yeah. it not working again. Yeah. And all the shots. <sighs> and I'm lucky. Though, and the money if, and yeah. the time and the thoughts and the hopes and the future. Yeah. And yeah, I totally, in that aspect, I do get it. And I feel so, like, I feel like I can't even say that I am scared because I'm lucky that I have embryos, you know, frozen. Yeah. And it's just, like, this weird thing. Yeah. I think infertility brings, like, a lot of guilt. You feel, at least for me, like, I see all these women who struggle in different ways. And you feel guilty when you've, like, experienced it. And maybe mm-hmm. people who just get pregnant easily do, too. But you just feel, like, why did I get it and they didn't? Or why do I have, like, all these embryos? Like, I'd love to share some embryos, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why did I get so lucky and other people? And that's funny because it's, like, not like it. I'm really lucky to have gotten to be infertile. Yeah, To not just yeah, be able to have yeah. a baby, but. You're, like, thinking on both sides of the spectrum of, like, I am so lucky because I have these, but I'm also not lucky because yeah. I'm in this position. So. And you just – it does give you a lot of empathy, though, for those people out there who struggle with this because it's just, like, this club you don't want to be a part of, but you are. Yeah. yeah. And you just – you feel for those people. You just want people to have their babies. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's honestly – I could cry and I could like talk about this forever. And I know Kate can too. It's the best joy in the whole entire world. Literally, I'm about to cry. Um, It's seriously the best. I wish everybody could have a baby and just see what that life is like. Because it's so much joy. It's so much stress. But it's so much joy. I love it. I feel like I cry every episode. It's really You're bad. You're a really quiet crier, though. And your I... voice doesn't change when you cry. Kim's over here. There's just tears running down cheeks. And she sounds the same. I sound crazy when I cry. So you'll well, know if I'm crying up in here. No, you I was going to say, don't. though, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> when know. you When you do IVF, you're just – you're so, like, emotionally invested in – bringing that baby here and then when you get them it's so exciting um and it's just bringing a baby into the world like anyway is so miraculous but one of the cool things about IVF is like seeing the process of how these like how do people conceive naturally I just don't understand I get it honestly I'm not really sure (laughs) but it's a miracle (laughs) and these little humans are just such miracles we're all like so blessed to be here and to be able to have babies and yeah i just feel so blessed to have him and i always say that like even if i couldn't have another like i'm so grateful for him obviously we would love to have a few more but we're just happy that we got our one you know yeah for sure um we're gonna kind of jump into questions um, yeah we had we what did we friends. do we put a thing on instagram and yeah I, People yeah. write in some questions. Yeah. And it was anonymous so that nobody felt like, I don't know, that we were going to say their names or, like, call them out or whatever. Um, one of the questions that kind of stand out to me that I think it will be a good Q&A. Um, someone said, what are your thoughts and feelings about starting the IVF process again for second baby? I think... I almost want to wait longer because it's scary. 
Yeah. To try again. Yeah. But also, when you do IVF, this might just be me, but I just feel like I want to savor him so much. I can't describe it. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I waited for him for so long, and I just want to relish in every moment. (laughs) And obviously, like, life is, being a mom is still hard, but it just has made me grateful for the moment. So thinking about a second child, I don't feel like I'm quite there yet, but it is scary to think about doing it all again. Um, the next question is, do you feel pressure to follow a certain timeline to space out your kids? Um, how does that contribute to your decision of when to start the process for your second child? It's kind of going along. Honestly, I don't really feel pressure. I feel like in our culture, it's like this two-year age gap thing. Oh, that's a, yeah. Two, but I feel two no two. pressure to do that. Yeah. The only pressure I would feel is like from my own, like, thoughts like oh how do I want my family to be I don't feel like outside pressure I feel like people don't really care do they I don't think (laughs) so maybe their grandparents I don't know want us to have another one sooner (laughs) because selfishly they're like we want more babies yeah I think there's pros and cons to like any age gap but right now I'm just enjoying he's almost one he'll be one in two months this is so crazy. That's literally so sad. It's the saddest thing ever. I'm not going to lie. Why? I cried on Weston's Are they first so birthday. Bad? I don't know. It's time. You know, Kate and I have, I has talked about this before. It's hard because you're so excited for this baby. This baby comes and then it's your new normal. You, but you're not even caught up from you giving birth. Yeah. Like, I was like still at Zupa's after my gestational diabetes test. That's how far my brain was. Like having this baby was not really in my, I don't know. Like it wasn't part of my peripheral vision in the time at the time, but yet I was doing it and it consumed me. It consumes you. And, um, I don't know. It's it's a hard time and those times pass so fast. You can't even like breathe for a second and then boom. The one. Yeah. Like it's insane. It truly is. So insane. Um I think oh, this is a good one. How do you best support a friend going through infertility? I'm going to be the best person to answer this because I feel like I was pretty secretive about it. Like, I did not feel like I wanted to post about it when I was going through it. And even after. Like, I don't think I even said right after. Like, when I announced my pregnancy, I don't think I necessarily said that I did IVF. So, it's almost like I just want to be normal. Like, I just want to be a girl who can just post on Instagram and say I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I think I have the right to do that. No, you did. I don't have to tell anyone, but I didn't so a lot of my friends probably didn't know my super close friends were just supportive I feel like at that time I probably distanced myself from friends who had babies because it was hard I'm you're still like so happy for them and you love them and you love their kids I love kids so but it's hard like you get to a point where you just I feel like Nate and I during that time we lived kind of far away from everyone Mm -hmm. and we kind of kept to ourselves and I didn't really share it with many people Mm -hmm. but for I have a friend one of my best friends Kylie she um 
she sent me flowers when my first transfer didn't work. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it just, like, in that moment, you can do anything for your friends who are going through this, but, like, they almost just want to be seen. Like, they want they want to be seen and know that, like, what they're going through is real. Because yeah. I feel like infertility can be kind of like this hidden thing that not a lot of people know about. And if you have an experience, you don't really know how it feels. But just knowing that, like, she sent those flowers and know, knew that I, like, had lost something, you know, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't a baby, that first transfer, like, losing an embryo is still really hard and losing, like, the hope of yeah. what that would have been. Yeah. And I just felt really seen when she did that. Um because I think a lot of people didn't really want to talk about, like, a failed transfer. Mm-hmm. It's just sad, you know? And they don't want to yeah. step on your toes or, like, say They just don't know like how to, like, communicate it with you. Yeah, but just, like, yeah. reaching out, saying, like, I recognize that you are going through a loss right now, even if it's not, like, what other losses might look like. That makes That's sense. a good perspective. That was, yeah. like, perfect. Can I just say I love Kylie? Hashtag, <laughs> hi, Kylie. Um... <laughs> She's the best. She is the best. Let's do one more. Um, how has infertility changed your outlook on other things in life? I think one thing it did is just help me realize that God has got your back. There were times like when I was going through it that I was so mad at him for giving me like this desire to want to be a mom. Yeah. And making it so hard to get there. Um, it just didn't feel fair but when I actually went through IVF I felt so grateful and this is silly but I was I was like I'm so lucky I have a sister who's gone through this like right before me like I have nothing to complain about (laughs) I literally had someone who could walk me through it step by step like she gave me my first shot and that was like a really bonding moment but also like just I was so grateful that God gave me her yeah um I was grateful for like the ways that God provided for us to be able to pay for it and it just like made me aware that even though you go through challenges in life God has a way of making it work out and he's going to like walk you through it and everyone has like their own different experiences right yeah but I feel like if you choose to see how he's walking with you you'll see it and it will be hard but it will make the experience better and I oftentimes I look at Benson and I just love him so much and I'm I just think he is the exact baby I needed like the exact timeline he is who I always dreamed of like I remember when I was really struggling just like dreaming of holding this little baby boy yeah and when I hold Benson I know that it was that that I was thinking of like it was always him wow and I just everything happens for a reason and the timing was perfect so that I could have been soon you know that's beautiful sorry we're (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's amazing you're so strong holy cow (laughs) there's some things I learned tonight everybody okay holy cow and anyone who's going through this just know like you are so loved and you have people who want to support you and it sucks. Like it is not yeah. fair that you have to go through this. I always felt like 
I would see people post on Instagram. If you ever posted this, it's fine. But like, <laughs> why? I'm so grateful that God entrusted me to like have a baby, and that always like made me so mad. Like you're saying, God yeah. doesn't trust me to have a baby. Yeah, like, I know I'd be a good mom, and I'd yeah. never say that. But that's yeah, just right. where my brain would go. But like, if you're going through infertility, there's nothing wrong with you. You will be an amazing mother. Like it's not your fault. Yeah. And I hope that your miracle baby is coming. And I want that for you so bad because it's just not fair. Yeah, totally. That's so true. Honestly, I'm just so amazed by anybody that has gone through this because personally, I just, I have never known anybody that had infertility. Um, so it just gives me a new perspective on that. Um, so I'm grateful. I got to learn and <laughs> everybody else got to learn. And Yeah, awesome. thanks for listening to my story. I, I've never really shared that with anyone. I mean, I've shared it with, but not openly. Like yeah, this. with like strangers on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, everybody... Thanks for listening. We hope you have and a good week. <laughs> we hope, yeah, we hope you have a good week. Don't be afraid to reach out to Kate if you're going through this. I'm sure, like a hundred percent sure, Kate would be like, "Please talk to me. I would love to know." Yeah, speaking for her, but I would love to. Yeah, talk to anyone. It's um, <clears throat> it's honestly a blessing to know Kate and to be around her and her family because they are so christ-like and i could cry but like i've already cried what am i saying um but i'm grateful and i'm grateful that we do this podcast because then i can know more about kate and she can get to know more about me even though we're really close and we practically know everything (laughs) so it won't always be so Tender. No, <laughs> I yeah. This Maybe is we'll do some light hard <laughs> next week. <laughs> Who knows? We're all we, joking. We we fly by the seat of our pants. We don't even know yeah, what we're no. doing next week. We like plan these out probably the day before. Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, but we appreciate everybody who's listening, and we thank you. And if you have time at any point, give us a five star review if you really like our podcast um, on Spotify. Um, It'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. See See ya. ya.